www.voiceamerica.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. I'm delighted to um, have on the line with us today Jenny Firmer, who is going to be co-hosting and really leading our conversation today on What's accreditation got to do with it? An anchor in turbulent times. So, Jenny, I would just ask you to just to jump right in and um, begin with uh, maybe introducing yourself and the guest for today. Certainly. Thank you so much, Dr. G. Um, my name is Jenny Fruma, and I'm the Associate Executive Director at the Elbert Jewish Family and Children's Service in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is a social service agency. And I'm thrilled today to have as a guest Richard Klarberg, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Richard. Um, Richard is an attorney and has been the president and CEO of the Council on Accreditation, which we refer to often as COA, since 2001. COA is a not-for-profit accreditor of more than 2,000 public and private organizations throughout North America, and also um, state and government organizations, which Richard is going to talk to us about. And the other interesting point um, about Richard's background is that prior to this current position, he was the senior vice president of the North Shore Long Island Jewish Health System, which is a not-for-profit provider of health care with 18 hospitals, 30,000 employees, and the executive vice president, COO of the American Health Foundation, Again, a not-for-profit medical research organization. So, Richard, you're really well qualified to help us out here. And um, we'd really like to start by asking you to talk briefly about yourself and what interests you and what brings you to accreditation. Well, thanks very much, uh, Denny and doc, uh, Dr. G. Uh, I am delighted to participate in this program and to bring to your listeners some ideas about what accreditation is, uh, what it does, and why it is especially important during these turbulent economic times. Uh, I've been at COA, Council on Accreditation, as you, as you said, for 10 years, and I came here because I felt that there was an opportunity for me to make a direct impact on the delivery of service to vulnerable populations throughout America, in fact, throughout North America. And in the 10 years that I've had the uh, pleasure and the honor of being uh, the uh, president of 
a COA. I've had an opportunity to see firsthand how uh, very vibrant the not-for-profit world is and how incredibly dedicated the men and women who provide social services uh, to vulnerable populations really are. We talk we talk all the time, Jenny, about uh, the the heroes in our society, and we typically think of uh, firefighters or military uh, men and women, uh, uh, law enforcement officers. But I think that what we tend to overlook uh, is the incredible role played by uh, human service workers, social service folks uh, throughout America, and the work that they do to change uh, very, very vulnerable lives, uh, one life at a time, one day at a time. So in reality, uh, having been at COA for 10 years, I've come to realize that um, the work that we do at COA is, uh, while it's very important, it pales in comparison to the work that folks like you and Dr. G do on a daily basis. Well, thank you for that. Um, I, I appreciate the kudos, as I'm sure many of our listeners do. Uh, and when we talk about nonprofits, I know that COA is doing a lot of work also with government agencies. Um, so maybe you can kind of incorporate that when I ask you the next question, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dr. G to see if you have any uh, thoughts, Dr. G, is why, why accreditation? What are the benefits? Well, I think that there are there are uh, many many benefits both for uh, not for profit organizations as well as for public uh, human service delivery organizations. Uh, at the very beginning, uh, I think that what what accreditation does is validate the quality of the of the services provided, and it is an opportunity for those who receive the service. To have a and who funded, by the way, have a clearer understanding of the fact that accreditation is a way to uh, validate the quality. It also helps to um, uh, focus, track, and package uh, good service and management practices that an organization can use daily. So when we talk about accreditation, we're really talking about a strategy that organizations can use uh, to become uh, stronger, uh, to, to increase their capacity, and, and in many ways uh, to uh, evidence the, the fact that they are a strong and, and, a, and a good organization. Uh, we look at accreditation from several perspectives. If you are a, a member of a board or a public official, I think that there's tremendous value in knowing that the organization on whose board you serve over or over whom you have some responsibility, whether you're a legislator or an executive, that this is an organization that, that, that provides a quality service. Not only a quality service, but also is being managed in a professional and ethical way so that we're very keen on demonstrating that the entire organization is accredited so that we can we can evidence the fact that the organization has uh, financial integrity, uh, integrity in terms of its uh, human resource services, and integrity in terms of the, of course, of the quality of the mm-hmm. actual programs. Mm-hmm. 
beyond this, if you're if you're a member of the staff of an organization, public or private, that seeks accreditation, uh, it, it it's an opportunity for you to know that your organization uh, emphasizes quality and emphasizes excellence. You know, no one goes into the human services field for fame and glory. They do it because they have a <laughs> Uh, a dramatic uh, sense that this is an important uh, element to their own life. And all too often in human service organizations, uh, folks get caught up in the, in the day-to-day, the bureaucracy of, of the moment. What accreditation does is to allow the, the, uh, the line worker, the, 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 the actual individual who delivers services to focus on excellence and to be able to demonstrate that the work that he or she is doing uh, has has excellence and, and is an outcome-oriented mm-hmm. uh, program. Right. So, and, and I think, just to interrupt at this point and to hear from you, Dr. G, I think what I'm really hearing you talk about a lot, Richard, is the whole piece about excellence and that it's not, we tend to think of direct services where we really are focused and I think what I'm hearing you say is that COA really looks to the entire aspect of the organization, all different components of the organization. Cheryl, did you want to add anything? I think that what you said is absolutely on target Mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, it really is a process to to build an infrastructure which will support excellence in, in performance. Mm-hmm. You mentioned strategy, Richard, um, and I just want to check for a second. Dr. G, are you there? Mm, I don't hear her. Uh, you, you know what, Jenny? I'm so sorry. I have put my speaker on mute. Oh, so. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the questions I didn't know if you if you had any comments about that, but just to move this along, I was thinking, Richard, you mentioned um, a strategy. Strategies, you know, sometimes for us, regardless of what level you're at within an organization, is one of those things where you almost want to take like a deep sigh and feel like you're being bowled over. Um, how does COA and strategy in the same sentence look like? What does it look like? Well, I think, first of all, we require that every organization, public or private, have a strategic plan, that, they, that, that, that the organization sets forth a set of uh, aspirations, mm-hmm. and then we look to uh, uh, understand uh, how the organization is going about Achieving achieving those uh, goals or those those strategic objectives, uh, and because we look at the entire organization, because we are, we involve a a board, because we involve senior leadership, because we involve uh, every aspect of the management of the organization as well as the the individuals who provide the service, it really takes on a holistic quality, and. Uh, uh, gives the organization a chance to uh, work together and understand that 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 the whole is the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially important in today's world where we seem to see a greater fragmentation perhaps than we did in other, in other, uh, in other times. Mm-hmm. And Dr. G, 
Thank you for that, Richard. Dr. G, did you want to add anything or do you well, have you any know, thoughts? I, yeah, I think what I'm um, taking away and what I'm valuing, I probably want to just broaden the scope with regards to um, just the thought around accreditation because what I'm hearing and what I would encourage our listeners to do, some may actually be focused in the um, human services, but some may be in in other areas of public or community service. So it might be public works, law enforcement, general services, admin services, but really thinking about accreditation bodies because what I'm hearing from what Richard is sharing that they've probably done a great job of identifying competencies. They've probably done a good job of benchmarking those things that might be able to support us in being able to give clear expectations around excellence. And I think very often organizations are looking for um, moving in that direction with regards to how do we move to that next level of excellence and having accreditation bodies out there that focus in the various, uh, one might say, industries, it can be a great place to start with regards to getting a framework that can, in a very method, in a way that it kind of brings a, um, a methodical approach, really moving toward um, a level of excellence as well as being able to do what Richard talked about, and that is communicate that excellence to others that might have that concern, be it board members, mm-hmm. be it community members or other stakeholders. Wow. And that's a great segue to our commercial. Thank you so much, Dr. G. You're listening to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Hi, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to Leadership Matters. I'm Jenny Fruma. I'm co-hosting the show with Dr. Cheryl G. And we have a guest this afternoon, Richard Klarberg, who is the President and CEO of the Council on Accreditation. We've been talking about accreditation and how important it is in terms of um, really understanding holistically the organization, um, how we're able to focus on excellence, uh, I think of it almost as having a roadmap and um, how we can align what we're doing with, with strategy as part of our strategic plan. Um, as an accredited organization, and Dr. G, you were just talking before the break about how uh, we're talking here about human services, but really accreditation is in higher education. Um, it's in all aspects of any kind of work that um, public's works, etc., that you might find. You mentioned firefighters. And so I think that, that for an organization such as ours, we're going through the process. We're going to have a site visit in August. I can tell you that um, everyone's anxious because that's what accreditation means, is you're kind of getting your house in order and you uh, actually lifting up. We talk about this. We lift up the rugs and actually look what kind of we've put there for the last three years and just do a big screen cleaning and make sure that what we say we're doing, we're actually doing. And it's it's an exciting but also somewhat anxious time for us. Um, and so I thought maybe just kind of segueing from there, uh, Richard, talking a little bit more about how accreditation can actually help leaders within an organization, both professionals and also you mentioned a little bit in the first segment about board members. Right. I think that uh, accreditation can play an important role in uh, helping to build staff morale, as I indicated, because it, it does. It is a cohesive process, a process that requires the involvement of uh, all of the all participants in an organization. Um, in addition, it, 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 accreditation is a uh, a way for the organization to demonstrate to its staff that it has a high degree of commitment to comparing what it does to uh, national standards. And, again, I think this is uh, very important and, and provides uh, uh, the members of the staff with a high level of, of comfort mm-hmm. and, and confidence in the organization for which yeah. they work. And, and to interrupt you, Richard, you, you mentioned um, those standards. How are standards developed? Well, our standards are developed by... Uh, uh, experts from the field who serve on as volunteers on standards panels, we call it, and who are um, and who tell COA what we need to know about best practice, uh, and we serve as literally as scribes, and we 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 take the their comments and we put them into a format, uh, and then we uh, do research on on their comments so that we have uh, evidence-based practices. And uh, we look at it from uh, the perspective of is this is this real? And at COA we have uh, something we call contextual accreditation, and meaning that we look at an organization in the context of where it is, 
and what its uh, strengths are and what its capacity is. Of course, always bearing in mind that strong financial uh, programs need to be in place, uh, strong uh, safety, health, and welfare uh, safeguards also need to be in place. But 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 it it can't be a um, in it can't be uh, so prescriptive that only a large organization or a wealthy organization can get accredited because all organizations that are working with vulnerable populations uh, should have an opportunity to go through the accreditation process with some likelihood of being able to uh, achieve the accreditation. Hmm. So that that brings me to kind of thinking about how what you're saying is really i think about when here we are preparing for accreditation and as a human service organization and dr g hopefully you can speak to some of your experience with with other accreditation bodies is with HIPAA and high tech and all the other things that we do to safeguard the confidentiality of our clients our board, for example, could never see the clinical work that we do. So to become accredited in our clinical programs, for example, then gives them as board members, as you suggested earlier, that real sense of confidence or validation, as you spoke about, um, that we are providing services that meet national standards that have been benchmarked, as you said, against other services, other kinds of standards, and are developed by peers who are focused on best practices. Which, That's absolutely um, correct, yes. Yeah. Dr. G, do you want to, if you could, I would really appreciate maybe talking a little bit about some of those other kinds of accreditations and your experience with accreditation. Well, you know, I would say that... Um, Probably in our experience here at Neighbortas Association in San Diego, our uh, maybe closest comparison to that would be the uh, performance standards that are required for most of our for maintaining most of our federal and um, state grant monies that are received. Um, there are uh, just I think very explicit. Um, benchmarks and um, standards that have to be met that when we have our various reviewers come in and we do well on those reviews, um, it gives that sense of, I think, pride, as Richard was talking about, to staff as well as confidence to our board members and other key stakeholders that we are performing um, in um, a way that is, one might say, kind of meeting the standards. Um, Our municipalities around here, I'm sure, also have all type of regulating um, agencies that that they have to be responsive to. And I, I think I would probably liken that accreditation process to that. And, Richard, I'm not sure with regards to what you find to be the um, the nexus for when you're working with organizations where they have so many other um, contract compliance, one might say, um, matters that they have to, to deal with, how your accrediting body aligns with that, and how, do, how does one 
would would you say that um, your process with B1, like an accreditation process with B1, where it's not a nice um, way of further doing a self-assessment to try to prepare someone for that federal review? Or, I mean, what's what are your thoughts with regards to organizations that really have a lot of um, other checks and balances, audit, audits and reviews that go on? Do you find that, that your accreditation and other accreditations kind of goes hand in hand? Are they substitutes? What are, just, what's your thinking on that? Well, in, in many, in many uh, states and municipalities, accreditation ha- uh, takes the place of licensure. Okay. Uh, so it, it, the accreditation, the accrediting entity has deemed status as the technical expression. But even in those places where, where deemed status doesn't exist, uh, we, we, we see that uh, licensure or uh, uh, governmental oversight typically focuses on a specific service and only on that only on that service, whereas COA accreditation looks at the entire organization and weaves together uh, all aspects of the organization and in many ways prepares the organization uh, to deal with the uh, oversight that, that that is required because we have um, uh, at the core of our accreditation process is um, is a continuous uh, quality improvement uh, requirements, which means that an organization must demonstrate that it is learning not only from its mistakes but that it's learning from its successes and that it's uh, it has the capacity to replicate its success and has the capacity and the ability to um, uh, not not replicate uh, its shortcomings. So I think that uh, accreditation uh, is actually a very valuable and valid means for an organization to prepare for uh, governmental oversight. And we hear that um, all the time from our from our consumers, um, uh, any any number of um, uh, times, uh, CEOs or execs of agencies will tell me they're better able to deal with the licensing people because what what they've learned about their organization from uh, accreditation is much much more in depth and um, uh, actually goes uh, to the to the heart of the services that they're providing. Wonderful. Thank you. That really is um, such important information. Uh, I've been sitting and listening, and Cheryl, I think your question was such a a crucial one because I have a real bias, a positive bias, about accreditation uh, and, and genuinely believe that it allows us at our organization to do better and provide more more excellent service because in a new program we go and look at the standards and we actually write grants based on what we know the standards are going to be and um, it it just gives us and our board and our stakeholders and our donors that sense of um, this is a holistic approach. It's, it's, um, at some point, Richard, it would be really helpful if you would talk about some of the other accreditation bodies. We have just a couple of minutes till the break about what other accreditation bodies there are out there, but it's, and it's just an opinion that COA really is, is incredibly holistic. And so maybe you could talk about the other sure. well, accreditation there are bodies. Any, in the next there time. are, 
any number of accrediting entities out there, uh, and uh, most of them focus on uh, don't focus on the entire organization, but focus on aspects of an organization. And um, our uh, our logic model is that in order to have a consistently strong uh, organization with consistently strong outcomes, you need to have a an organization that has uh, a depth and gravitas from its board to its financial uh, uh, structure to its HR requirements and regulations throughout the organization. Um, as I said, there are university accreditors, there are hospital accreditors, there are uh, 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 as an accrediting body for uh, prisons. There, there are any number of accrediting bodies. A COA is somewhat unique in, in our approach, not only to this holistic concept, but also to the, to the idea that, uh, we see ourselves as, uh, as, as, as looking at an organization in the context of what it does and what its capacity is. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Jenny, can I ask Richard a question? And then we're going to head into break and pick it up when we come back. Okay, great. And that is if um, someone is looking for an accreditation body in their area, what would be your recommendations with regards to some of the things that they would look for to make sure that it's really a well-established and, um, you know, that they're really kind of connecting with a a good accreditation organization, some might say? It's a great question. It certainly is, and uh, I think I'm just a couple of seconds ahead of our break, but I just want to remind you, you're listening to Leadership Matters. We are so grateful for your lis- you as listeners. Uh, when we come back after the break, we're actually going to be joined by our co-producer, Valerie Wright, and I believe she, she has some questions from listeners, and so we will pick that up um, as soon as we get back. And... Um, Meanwhile, uh, we are appreciative that you're here. And Cheryl, that was a great question, which I think you're absolutely right about when we're making these kinds of decisions because usually you have to, no surprise, put in a budget exactly what kind of accreditation you would be interested in doing because it's not free. And also it takes a tremendous amount of human resources as well as actually paying for an accreditation process. But we can come back and talk about that as part of your response to that, Richard, when we get back. Great. Thank you, Jenny. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. 
Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Hi, welcome back. This is Jenny Frommer. And I'm co-hosting today with Dr. Cheryl G. And we have as our guest Richard Klarberg, and we've been talking about accreditation. Um, Richard is the president and CEO of the Council on Accreditation. And joining us right now is Valerie Wright. Valerie is our co-producer. And this is during the usual segment where we actually have questions from our listeners. And Valerie, I'm going to turn it over to you and ask you to let us know who called and what kinds of questions they have. Okay. Uh, wanted to remind you, you had a question from Dr. G. Did you want to answer that thank question? Thank you. Valerie, thank you. Yes, I yes. did. Um, Richard, as we closed out the last segment, there was a question from Dr. G. asking about how does an organization make the decision if they're interested in going about accreditation, how they go about deciding which type of accrediting body to go with. I think there are three key points that a um, anyone in a leadership capacity at an organization should think about. One is to review uh, the eligibility criteria that every accrediting entity should have, um, so that you can see whether you fit within within the framework of that organization's goals and and its uh, objectives. That's number one. Number two, I would look to see uh, what other organizations are accredited by by the accrediting body. And uh, are these reputable organizations? Are these organizations that that you're familiar with? Uh, At COA, we accredit some 2,000 organizations across America and across North America as well, Um, and uh, organizations large and small. And it gives gives a perspective uh, uh, consumer of our accreditation an opportunity to make a determination as to whether or not uh, this is a good fit based on that on that list. Then third, I think that it's it's, it's valuable to see whether any entities uh, that are not accredited but look to uh, the the accrediting body as as a uh, as a leader and as a as as a um, uh, an authority figure, so to speak. So, for instance. Um, COA was designated by the Department of State of the United States to be the sole national accrediting body for intercountry adoption. Uh, the Department of Defense has uh, contracted with COA to develop 
uh, standards of excellence and and an accreditation process for uh, men and women in the military. And more than 100 uh, different jurisdictions recognize COA accreditation uh, either as a substitute to licensure or as an adjunct to licensure. So, so it's it's looking at at the uh, at a at, at various factors uh, to determine whether or not this is a an, an accrediting entity that is something that um, is is one that you want to uh, align with. Great, thank you. That's such yeah, important so and much. very helpful information. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the reminder. So back to the listeners' questions. Richard, thank you. Valerie, would you let us know who called and who's interested in hearing more about accreditation? Absolutely. We have a question from Veronica in Wisconsin. She states, as a consultant, I have worked with organizations across the country, and until I worked with an accredited organization earlier this year, I had never heard of nonprofits receiving accreditation. Why is there no uniformity in this process, and who requires this accreditation from companies? Great question, and uh, thank you, uh, Veronica, if you're listening. Um, it's interesting that you have not heard more of accreditation uh, with regard to nonprofits, uh, but it may be that the nonprofits with which you work don't have a tradition of, of accreditation. Uh, COA has been accrediting human service organizations for well over 35 years, and uh, in our human service world, accreditation is very well uh, understood and respected. Uh, why there is not more uniformity in the process uh, is is, a, is an excellent question, and it's because nonprofits look very different one from the other. And I think that there that there is some level of uniformity in terms of, or at least one would hope that there would be, in terms of ensuring that there is strong governance, strong management, strong uh, human resource. Uh, uh, standards, uh, strong financial management um, requirements, and so I think those those should be uh, consistent. Uh, regrettably, uh, not all accrediting entities look at that, and some of them just look at at the uh, at, at one aspect of an organization. Who looks at this? Who requires it? It depends, and it depends on the kind where you are. And what kind of a nonprofit organization you are? Um, we uh, a number of uh, states require accreditation as a uh, condition precedent to granting a contract. Uh, a number of foundations will look to accreditation as a means of of helping uh, it determine whether or not to make a grant. And more and more uh, donors are using accreditation, I'm talking about individual donors, are using accreditation uh, to give them a sense of comfort that their uh, contribution is more than a contribution but is an an investment in a quality organization. Thank you, Richard. That was really, really a comprehensive response to Veronica. Thank you, Veronica. Do we have any other questions? I do. I have a question from a listener in Florida that says, I have heard many organizations, including our own, 
talking about doing away with accreditation. While I understand that during challenging economic times, this may happen, my colleagues and I are concerned about employee morale. What is your message to the leaders of these organizations, and what suggestions do you have for me in my role as a middle manager in supporting the organization to continue being accredited? Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, several points. One, in Florida, uh, if you are a human service provider, accreditation is extremely important, and and without accreditation will jeopardize the capacity of the organization uh, to get a contract with the state. But beyond that, uh, we recognize that, that, that these are difficult economic uh, times and that organizations are, are called upon to make difficult choices. But perhaps especially during these difficult times, accreditation is valuable because it does send a message to, to a board, to funders, uh, to its staff, of course, as uh, for morale purposes, and even to the recipients of the services, that this is a quality organization, that this is an organization that warrants support, and an organization that is uh, is of the highest integrity. So, as a middle manager, uh, you you are you have the ability, and you are uh, tasked. With the, uh, with informing your leadership, your senior management leadership of the fact that this is an important component to, uh, to the, the development and the maintenance of good staff. There's nothing more expensive as, as we all know than high staff turnover. It's disruptive, uh, and it's financially expensive. What, what we know is that accredited organizations have a far lower rate of staff turnover than non-accredited organizations. The reason for this is because COA accreditation emphasizes strong uh, safeguards for employees to have annual reviews, to have a uh, uh, an equitable system of um, vacation and, and and other other benefits. So for for staff, uh, accreditation really is a is an important safeguard, and is and is uh, w- it would be significantly uh, de- deleterious to morale if it were if it were done away with. Great, thank you. Um, I've just been told that there's a caller, Jasmine from California, on the line. Great, that sent her through then. Okay, mm-hmm. mm. Justin, oh, we have one minute to go. Justin, could we hear from Jasmine in California? Okay. Jasmine? Yes, hello. Hi. Welcome to Leadership Matters. Thank you. I'm so pleased you're joining us to talk about accreditation, and I understand you have a question. Yes, um, We're do. about to go into break, so I wonder if you could ask your question, and then we can pick it up when we come back. Okay, great. Well, my question is, um, at what point in an organization's development should they consider accreditation? And then do you recommend it for small and large organizations or just for the larger ones? Great Great question. Great question, Jasmine. Thank you. And we'll pick that up as soon as we get back. This is about informing leaders and inspiring solutions. We'll be right back. (music) 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Jasmine, thank you so much for your call. Jasmine told us during break that she's from San Diego Youth Action Board. So, Richard, I think you were going to have you answer uh, Jasmine's question. Sure. Jasmine wanted to know at what point in the in an organization's uh, uh, growth or maturity can it seek accreditation or should it seek accreditation? I, I think that, one, the organization needs to be uh, sufficiently autonomous and independent so that it can be reviewed as a distinct legal entity. So it, it has to exist. Uh, it has to have provided services uh, to its consumers for at, at least six months. Otherwise, the accreditation process really is not meaningful. Uh, and, and it has to be able to demonstrate uh, that it has the capacity and the infrastructure to implement standards. Uh, it, as far as whether this is a process just for large organizations, uh, I definitely think that it's not. In fact, uh, some 18% of the organizations that uh, COA accredits uh, have a budget of under $500,000. So we are both for small organizations as well as for the very large organizations. Um, and, and, and 
I think part of the key, Jasmine, and I appreciate this question, is really whether there is a, uh, within the organization, an individual who is willing to take on uh, a leadership role in pursuing the, the accreditation because you need someone, you need a go-to person, you need a quarterback who can, who can uh, and is willing to organize the process because it is a process. But I don't think that there is such a thing as too small an organization in terms of uh, financial size or number of employees or uh, in terms of its age, provided, as I said, that it is a, uh, a distinct and independent legal entity, that it's been providing services for at least six months, and that it has it can demonstrate that it has the uh, capacity to implement uh, standards. Okay, great, because it sounds like the accreditation in that smaller organization um, case would be something that could add to its credibility for kind of going out and, and then garnering greater support from others. Uh, absolutely, okay. Dr. G, absolutely. You know, we've seen a number of organizations that started as uh, in the basement of a church or in someone's home. They had a specific inclination to uh, to help a uh young people in the community or elderly people in the community. And what accreditation does is it, it gives that organization an opportunity to seek funding that it would otherwise not be able to, to receive. And it gives that organization a chance to move move out of the church basement, almost literally, and and become a, a freestanding, um, a separate entity, which which will have sustainability going forward. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you again very much, Richard, for your response. And, Jasmine, thank you also for calling in with your question. Valerie, would you like to give our listeners the call-in number and um, email if they want to um, send us suggestions for future topics and other questions? Sure. The number to call uh, for questions is one eight six six. Four seven two five seven nine zero, where they can send emails to Doctor G at innovations.org, and that's dr. G at innovations.org. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, and back to Jenny. Thanks, Dr. G. Valerie, thank you so much. And I am really enjoying this conversation because yes. um, I I think that. I feel like we're dispelling some myths about accreditation, which I really think is important and very much appreciate. Um, So thank you all. And one of the questions that I have uh, for you, Richard, is for uh, leaders or potential leaders in the field regarding accreditation. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about peer reviewers, because I know that within my own experience, that has helped me grow so much as a leader in my own organization because of what I've been able to experience as a peer reviewer. Well, thanks, Jenny. At COA, uh, we don't have paid reviewers. We have volunteer reviewers, professionals uh, from the field like Jenny, who uh, uh, serve as our reviewers. And what this does is it gives our reviewers an opportunity to uh, uh, see what other organizations are doing 
and then to take back the information that they've seen in the field to their own organization. So really, it's 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 a um, it's a way for organizations to, uh, if they have a, a reviewer on their staff, to to get a a perspective of accreditation that's hard to get from from just reading the standards. So we think that folks like Jenny, who give of their time, uh, are dramatically important to the accreditation process, and that's why we we believe in in volunteer reviewers. And, and you had mentioned earlier about how important it is, regardless of the size of the organization, to have a champion. And I always, when I'm called about accreditation, I always say you need a champion. But you also, if you have a peer reviewer on your team, that your organization is actually going to have an easier time kind of preparing for for the first time and maintaining ongoing accreditation standards because you you become very familiar with the standards that way. And what I've really loved about the opportunity is you really get to see other organizations who um, you kind of get into the guts of an organization really fast because you are looking at the holistic approach. That's absolutely correct. Learning has been so invaluable. Um, Cheryl, any comments, questions? I'll always throw it to you. Let me me, uh, uh, kind of put the the cap on it. Um, we're, we're, We're living in difficult times. We have unemployment at an unconscionable rate. We have home foreclosures at an unconscionable rate. We have uh, uh, youth who are struggling. Uh, at this time, the role of not-for-profit organizations across the board, not only human service organizations, but, but many not-for-profit organizations, has never been more important. And, and, it's, and, and at COA, we say that when it comes to uh, not-for-profit organizations, when it comes to the folks that they're serving, uh, good enough is not good enough. Accreditation, COA accreditation, is one way that an organization can demonstrate that it is committed to the concept that good enough is not good enough. And I think that this is an important message for your listeners uh, to to take in and for them to consider how their organization is evidencing uh, their credibility, their integrity, their achievements. Uh, accreditation is one way of doing that, and I think it's a, it's a very valid and, and important way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I could have said that better um, because we really are looking at accreditation and what it's got to do with it. In fact, the title of today's episode, which I haven't said much, is what's accreditation got to do with it? An anchor in turbulent times, and I think you really helped summarize for us um, what that is. We just have a minute left, and I want to both uh, offer both you and Cheryl the opportunity of talking about any upcoming events or any websites or any information, last thoughts that you have. I actually want to thank both of you. I think this has been a good discussion. This is a topic that I don't know a lot about. I think I've been in that boat where we felt like we get studied and reviewed enough by so many people. It's just kind of hard to even think about another review process. And yet I can hear and see the benefit of how looking at an accreditation body that might be in sync with one of our um, industries might would be helpful. 
Um, Jenny, I love your peer review because I can imagine that you learn a lot from just going and visiting a lot of other organizations. Mm-hmm. I, um, so really, I can really see do. the value from mm-hmm. so many different perspectives. So just want to thank right. both of you for bringing this great topic to leadership. Thank you very today. much for allowing me to participate. Thanks so much. Um, you've been listening to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. Thank you so much. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.